Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Back to the yard, back down to Birmingham. So, so we go and we do that, and uh, 
And this company does not know how to give directions. Between the GPS and this company, it's like you're almost screwed, you know, if you don't know the area. <laughs> you're just hoping and praying that each turn you make is going to be the right one and there's no low bridge. Uh, and then, so anyway, we get a job down, the trailer drop down, we head back. And we see these billboards for for Petro, and I loved Iron Skillet. You know, it's, you know, buffet is the only way to go when you're out on the road. You know, right? You, All you, you don't know when the next meal, yeah, and you don't know when the next meal's coming. So, so <laughs> you know, so we look up at our book because we got a book that tells us where all the truck stops are and the rest areas are and stuff. And so we're double checking on this Petro, and it's not in our book. So we're thinking, hmm, you know, well, there's a billboard for it, but it's not in the book, so is it really there? So. So we get on the CD, and we call out, and I'll tell you, the CD thing is not like it was back in the old days. Back in the old days, you know, everybody was on the CD all the time, talking about, on here, you're lucky if you can get anybody to talk back at you, unless you tell them that you're full of shit or something, or, or cut chew them out, or tell them their truck's a piece of shit, and then, then they'll, they'll come alive, but otherwise, they don't even want to fucking talk to you. And uh, so finally, we get somebody to say, yeah, there is a petrol there, so okay, so... So we go down and we go to the Iron Skillet, and I tell you what, that that the Iron Skillet there, and this name of this town, what was the name of that town? Do you remember? I'm asking my co-driver. He said the name of the town was Hellfino. So, so Hellfino. Hell yeah. So if you ever get to Hellfino, uh, yeah, Alabama, there's an Iron Skillet there at that Petro, and boy, and I gotta tell you, that was the best damn food I'd ever eaten. <laughs> well, that was worth the wait then. Worth, worth thinking it was a yeah. mirage. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 just, just in case you can't find hell, if I know Alabama, I do know that it's extra two ninety nine on the sixty five in Alabama. So 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 if you if you can't find hell, if I know, then you know you know you can go to extra two ninety nine. But I'll tell you what, that was the best meal I've ever I've had in a long time. Is that anywhere near Cumbie? <laughs> yeah, actually, I, where did we see Cumbie? I'm trying to, I'm asking, I know my coach editor going to say, hey, if I know, again, I'm going to say, God, it was right there, and we didn't even know it. <laughs> yeah, now, now he's proclaiming that he was sleeping. Well, you know what he really was doing back there in the sleeper, but I mean, he was sleeping. <laughs> I know better. <laughs> this, this truck rocks way too much. <laughs> Well, before we move on, I do want to give a shout-out to the people who supplied us with our intro and outro music again, which was Larry Gromer and Josh Guild of the Rupert Duncan Band. All righty. Go ahead and give them a shout-out. Shout-out. <laughs> I knew I'd mess you up. You're sitting there, what? What the hell are you talking about? I told you, I'm, I'm, like, you know, I'm in the middle of a couple of things here, so I might not be paying attention all the time, but that, when, when would that be any different, right? Is Cumbie in Alabama? Yeah, Cumbie's in Alabama, and I, I believe that Gumby was originated in Alabama, so maybe maybe uh, Cumbie is, is what the code name for the sperm of Gumby, huh? <laughs> or a second cousin twice removed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <We're so cute. laughs> Speaking of Cumbie, I have advice for men and women on how to ask for oral sex. Really? I, I just find it being, being outright and just straight up and say, hey, give me a blowjob, would you? <laughs> you're so full of shit. I know you're not like that. <laughs> <laughs> you're like courting the woman for four months before you even ask her for a kiss or to hold her hands. <laughs> well, I'm shy. You know, you know, nobody believes that that I'm shy. 
You know, it, 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 it's so funny. I don't get it. Nobody will believe me that I'm shy. He really is. He really is. So here's some do advice for men. Be extremely nice for at least two full weeks prior to asking for it. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> I, I, I can't be nice for two full minutes. What do you mean, two full weeks? <laughs> do gauge her mood carefully. Pick a day when she is feeling good. Do is, that ever, is that ever in reality? <laughs> Depends on the woman in that time of the month. Do not ask on a day that she has had a bad day at work, feels sick, had a bad talk with her mother, feels fat, hair didn't turn out right, feels bloated, or is too cold or hot. <laughs> well, you know, you know, maybe if she's not in the mood, maybe if, if the man performs oral first. Well, I'm thinking with all those things they just mentioned, that doesn't leave many of the days left open. It says, do consider know, giving her a nice present. Don't attach a present to your penis. <laughs> <laughs> do take her to dinner. <laughs> do take her to dinner. Do not take her to a seafood restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> When actually asking for oral sex, make every other word, please. Don't phrase your question in a disgusting way. For example, can I wash out your mouth with my man soap? <laughs> oh, I could not be fun. <laughs> or that the guy who's blow drying, drying his penis and the wife says, what are you doing? And he says, warming your dinner for you. <laughs> Not the right thing, guys. Do beg if necessary. It will probably be necessary. Don't wear that shirt that she hates because you're wearing it that time you were acting like an asshole in front of those stupid friends of yours. (laughs) (laughs) And she'll remember. Trust me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's the one thing. I think think women are half elephants. (laughs) They remember everything. Don't, no shit. Along with Scorpios. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think you can get away with making out for a while then pushing down on the top of her head. <laughs> Does every guy not do that? <laughs> I'm sorry, I was in the middle a middle of, of something there and it wasn't. Oh, you fun, missed so that one? I missed it. Oh, don't think you can get away with making out and then pushing down on the top of her head. That usually works though Now this is even funnier Advice for women Ask politely and point your finger in a downward direction (laughs) That's it (laughs) (laughs) That's sad It says also asking impolitely is fine (laughs) Yeah I think that's how you get the best results though In the long run with all that talk you know, you know, everybody was probably expecting Mauricio today, and uh, exactly. and he he got a hold of us last minute and said he was sick. I wonder if he does that for his TV show. He said he had a cold and the flu, and he's starting his tour shortly, so he needed to preserve his voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. Is Mauricio starting to get too big for us now? He just might be. No, I. You know, I remember the last time he was on the show, he was pretty talkative. 
you know, I, I, I really like the guy, so this really surprises me that, it, that he uh, called off in the last minute like this, really. Well, he did ask to reschedule, and we had already uploaded all his MP3s, so we'll have him on probably in November, first part of November. Okay. Yeah. So, so you have you have one of his MP3s uploaded? I do. Do you want to play one? Yeah, why don't we play one so that way the, the, the everybody that did him in from Mauricio and wanted to hear him, well, at least hear him. <laughs> okay, this is his new one, I believe. It's called "I Who Have Nothing," and I'm not sure if this is a live performance. I think he uh, said something about having done it live. I'm not. I haven't not listened to this yet, so you'll be as surprised as we will be. I'm going to play it now. "I Who Have Nothing." Mauricio Herrera, I Who Have Nothing. 
You know why? I think his voice has gotten a whole lot better since, you know, last hearing him too. You know, all that practice, it does help. Oh, yeah, you know, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, well, he's, he's always been good, but I, I think he's really improved a lot. Yeah, he's a great showman, too. If anybody doesn't know who Mauricio Herrera is, he was a uh, finalist on America's Got Talent. Yeah, it was about three years ago, I think. Yeah. I think it was the same year that, that uh, Manuela Horn was on. Yeah, two or three years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's an awesome performer. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think the only reason why he really didn't, I, I think the main reason why he didn't win is too many people didn't didn't get it. His you know, uh, stage performance? His stage yeah, presence? they didn't yeah. get that. Yeah, they didn't, they just didn't get it because he was performing like they do in, in Latin America, you know, and, and, and I know that from experience from when I spent two years down in Mexico performing. Right, That's a lot of people thought he was over over the top instead of yeah, yeah taking that into consideration. Yeah, and that, and that, and see, and that's just the way it is down there. That's the way, you know, Latin performers perform in in the in those countries. You'll find that like over the top and a little extra, you know, because because you know, you, you really want to put on a really good show where everybody gets a good laugh and enjoys themselves, you know. You know, and not only is he a good singer, he's a funny man. You know, he's a good comedian as well. You know, he's just really funny. Well, that's why he's so good to watch because he entertains you and he's got so much energy. Yeah, yeah, that that he does. Trying to figure out what this trucker's doing here. I don't want to pull out and then he backs into me. <laughs> I'll just wait for him here. Now, is your ready. GPS one of those talking ones? Yeah. Does it annoy the hell out of you, like this British bitch on this channel? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's some some some. Her name is Lisa, it says, and she doesn't speak very good English. I know that, even though it's supposed to be English, and and she like, yeah, you know, you know how you'd say so. You tell somebody, well, take take this exit, right? You'd say take this exit. No, she goes take exit. Hey, <laughs> and I love it. I love it when she's when when we got different directions from from Pam than what she wants us to go, and we decide to do the the, the you know from our company. We we decide to go the directions of our company and not not follow her. She starts freaking out, uh, and, and she said a new new command today. I've never heard her say before. She said, turn around. <laughs> Doesn't just say redirecting or whatever the heck the GPS would say. Uh, yeah, it, it was funny, man. Recalculating. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know she'll recalculate and then she'll come up with something else and she'll want us to go this way. We go past it and she'll go turn around. She's throwing a temper tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> turn around. She's Miss Whiny Tantrum. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So we're going to get ready to get on the road here. So if you hear a lot of background noise, that's just the truck and me trying to shift it. You know, and sometimes it's not very easy in this traffic. Well, I found and another uh, study today on seven things you won't believe actually make you happy. <laughs> I only know one thing that makes me happy. <laughs> well, this is science speaking. This isn't. <laughs> this isn't Michael Knight. This is science speaking. Now, you will not believe number seven. Are you still there, Michael? Yeah, I'm here. I'm just watching to make sure I don't crash into anything. Okay, number seven is actually watching sad movies. 
Which sounds fucking sad lady. Yeah, makes you happy. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, everybody else's misery makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> when, when you look at the list of best picture winners from the past 25 years, you know, like Schindler's List, Braveheart, The English Patient, Titanic, Million Dollar Baby, those are uh, The King's Speech. Those are really sad movies. They are. And uh, I thought they were pretty funny. <laughs> you thought those movies were funny? <laughs> I thought they were comedies, man. What they refer to them as is tear porn, building to climaxes that are specifically designed to make you weep in public. On the surface, this makes about as much sense as giving out awards to the year's saddest funerals or most embarrassing schoolyard beatings. So the scientists, because they were curious about this, conducted a study involving a few hundred participants and the 2007 film Atonement. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't. It's supposedly very sad. I haven't seen it either. It says the theater staff are required to keep water and salt tables on hand to stem the dehydration death toll. Oh, please. Really? That's got a be a joke. Scary. <laughs> Before starting the mover, the researchers asked the participants how happy they were with their lives in general, including their goals. Okay, well, this kind of makes sense. Their goals, their relationships, and ever-looming possibility of being stricken with sudden and inexplicable cancer. As atonement squeezed all the tears from their faces over the next 120 minutes, they were asked the same question three more times. After the movie was over, the researchers asked the, partip- the participants to rate their emotions. They found that the participants had become happier after getting to see everybody else suffer. So they felt like their lives were so sad. Jeez, <laughs> oh, that's sad. Now, number six, eating red meat is supposed to make you happy. We've reached the point in the war on fast food where studies are now claiming that red meat will try to murder you. In fact, as I know from experience, when you're trying to lose weight, that's the first thing that your doctor's going to tell you to cut out of your diet is red meat. Oh, really? Yeah, but men especially are going to argue that point and say that, you know, if they died while eating a steak, at least they'll die happy. <laughs> no, I mean, there's only one way I would die happy. That's <laughs> 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 true. Really, what can I say? They actually, I, I, keep trying, I keep trying to talk this girl into having sex with me. She says, I'm afraid I'll kill you. I said, at least I'll die with a smile on my face. <laughs> Well, they're actually saying, and maybe these go hand in hand with what you're saying, that the red meat is actually important to your mental health. So, are you eating enough red meat on the road? Is is pussy considered red meat? It's pink. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Really, dude? Yeah, go there. And I hope you're not getting many, so don't even carry on with this cult tale. It makes enough of a difference that consuming less than the recommended amount, or zero, actually doubles your risk of depression. Wow, that's pretty, That you know, that's a pretty stellar difference right there. Doubles your risk of depression if you don't eat at least the recommended amount. Really? Yep. The study followed 1,000 Australian women tracking their eating habits and their emotional health. 
Now, this ought to be interesting. What did they find? They then made sure to take into account all other factors, including socioeconomic status, physical health, weight, age, and the fact that they live in Australia. <laughs> like, how depressing could that be? They even kept track of much of the other types of food they ate, such as chicken, fish, and vegetables. Even with all these taken into consideration, the researchers still found that the women who ate the recommended amount of red meat, which is, for those of you who want to know, between two and four ounces four times a week, that's a lot, were much likely to be depressed. Well, that explains a lot. I'm going to go out and buy roasts. We go steaks and start eating more red meat. <laughs> All right. Number five is keeping your mind busy. Well, I mean, that makes perfect sense. Do I even need to expound on that? I mean, if you're idle and you don't have anything, your mind goes to all the bad, depressing places. You know, like you're right. Oh, number four is a surprising one, though. It's getting into fights. Most people are are dicks on purpose. Human beings have the raw urge to be aggressive and start fights, even if they know they are likely to absorb as many or more punches than they actually inflict. It's why we love wrestling and MMA so much as kids. But is there an extremely unsettling explanation for this obvious fact? Does it really require one? (laughs) Not with guys, right? Right. Why do you ask, Carrie and Michael? Because the answer is that, as far as your brain is concerned, fighting is exactly as awesome as sex. Really? (laughs) That's strange. Scientists hypothesize that aggressive behavior triggers the release of dopamine, which, as we've covered, is the body's way of dangling a carrot in front of our faces. Well, I mean, that makes sense because you know you can have... Soft, make soft, mad, you know, soft love or have mad, passionate, heated sex that, you know, you got people that are into S&M and, it, you know, people that verge on the s and and hair pulling and spanking of asses. This year, yeah. I in an aggression study on mice. How do you test that on mice? <laughs> A home male mouse in one cage and a few intruder male mice in another cage, the home mouse began the experiment with a little girlfriend mouse. But the researchers removed the female and replaced her with one of the intruder mice. The home mouse responded by beating the ever-loving crap out of the intruder. Yeah, but because if you were with your girlfriend and she left and a guy came in, yeah, that makes total sense. They took the intruder out and put him in his own cage which the home mouse could open at any time by pressing a button. And press the button he did continuously to keep rodent punching the son of a bitch that stole his girlfriend. (laughs) 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 But he was rodent punching him because he stole his girlfriend, not because he got the same dopamine. Well, actually, he probably did get the same dopamine rush as sex. Okay, what's the next one? I don't know, what's the next one? Riding the subway? Are you kidding me? That would seem stressful as shit. Nobody and that's supposed to be what? Riding the subway. Have you ever ridden the subway? Uh, yeah, in San Francisco. Isn't it? Well, no, that's the BART in San Francisco. That's the above ground. What? No, this is, a, this is underground. They have underground now? <laughs> 
I haven't been there in years. Yeah. I don't know. They had the BART when I yeah. was there, and, that was, and it didn't go underground when I was there, but that was over 20 years ago. It says, nobody likes the subway. Even the thought of boarding an underground train is a nightmare, awkwardly sitting next to a muttering pit-stained strangers as you struggle to keep your eyes from lighting on anyone else for even a moment. It's a cramped metal coffin in a shallow grave where even the air smells crazy. Yeah, you know what? I have total claustrophobia. I would hate riding the subway. I could not do New York, I don't think. Yeah, it's kind of scary, you know. It's what? It's kind of scary. Yeah, no. But uh, I I can handle that better than I can handle bridges in the truck. Oh, yeah, that would scare me, too. You know, it's like, you know, that that freaks me out. You know, some bridges are okay, but when they get way the hell up there, and then especially if it's over water, that really freaks me out. Yeah, I don't even like driving next to you guys. Anyways, it says, pissing gallantly in the face of all logic and reason, researchers in Sweden discovered that riding the subway can actually make you happy. I don't know if that's because of their study or Swedish people are just backwards. <laughs> They recruited participants who usually actually isn't it Swedish people who live in really tight quarters? Isn't it the Swedes that IKEA comes from? And that's where they got all their ideas for was because they're all forced to live in real tight apartments. I think so. I know. So they're used to tight spaces. <laughs> the participants who usually drove to work and made them change their routine to a daily subway ride instead for an entire month. Okay, but this makes sense. I mean, this doesn't take a genius. They didn't have to do the driving and deal with traffic. So that relieved yeah. them for that hour or so ride to work. Before the month began, the researchers asked each person questions about their lives, their well-being, and generally how happy they were with, this, uh, with their station in the world presumably weeding out those who might be a little too fragile for the purposes of the study. They also asked the participants how they were feeling about riding the subway. Without exception, all of them felt like it was going to be a nightmare. But that's not what happened. Over the course of the month, their moods and attitudes towards the subway slowly but steadily improved, like a tortoise nursing an erection for sustainable behavior. So much so that by the time they reached the end of the month, the participants were feeling better about their general well-being than before the experiment began. And it also made them feel more content about their lives. So I think it's because they had reflection time and they didn't have the stress of traffic, you know, I think. Number two, doing chores. I think that's just an exerting energy thing if I had to guess because I hate chores. But after I'm done, I feel accomplished, and I feel like, you know, things are more organized. And what's your guess on that one? You know, I don't know. I, I hate doing anything, but, you know, that's because I'm a guy, you know, and us guys are lazy, you know. Right. But uh, I enjoy, like, the driving. Like, the, I'll tell you, this job, this job to me is really relaxing. Matter of fact, it's so relaxing. Sometimes I try to fall asleep while I'm driving. Well, and also you got to keep in mind that you were – pent up for, you know, how long without a vehicle. Yeah. And this, you know, for you, this is like, ah, flying. Yeah, you know, that that is one thing, though, that I am planning, uh, planning here is, with this is that, uh, is, uh, you know, I've been in this truck now for almost three months. And, you know, living out of a truck, you know, I've lived out of motels, you know, that's that's all right. You know, you got your bathroom, your shower, you got your TV, you got your internet, you got everything. 
living out of a truck is definitely a whole different experience. I mean, you know, of course, it's it's not that big, you know, and then, then we're a team, so, you know, there's two of us living out of this truck. Right. And so if you don't like if you don't like each other, you're really fucked. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that was what was happening to the very first very first show driver I had. You know, we we could we could get by, you know, dealing with each other. But you know, there was there was no you know like friendship gonna form there, or no way, no how. You know, so. The new co-driver I got, of course, you know, we kind of got to know each other through the school and through the orientation and everything else. So, so we already kind of know what each other are like, and, and, so, and we get along well. So that's a big plus. So it's been a lot better now than it has before. You know, this, this co-driver, you know, I, I trust a whole lot more, so I'm able to get sleep, which was something I wasn't getting before. You know, before I was getting maybe about two hours of sleep a day. Right. You know, and, and then trying to drive for 11 hours, and that's pretty hard to do. Yeah, it really and is. So now, you know, I've got a co-driver where I at least fall asleep. Yeah. He's over, he's over brushing because I'm talking so good about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, are you sure your co-driver's not a woman? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, actually, this study that they did on the on the um, housework or the chores improving your mood actually is geared more towards men. It says the more chores that the men help with, the happy they are because when they see their wives doing the housework by themselves, they feel guilty about not helping out. So if they get off the couch and they help out, they feel more contributing, which I would think in turn then would make the wife happy because she's getting help. So there you have that. <laughs> oh, man, I guess, I guess that's where I keep messing up. I, I just didn't watch. <laughs> I, just, I go out and work all day long, you know. You can do something to the house. I don't want to do dishes and make a sandwich when I get home, damn it. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the woman's job to begin with? Yeah. There you go. And, and, and there in itself is to reinforce the force, Michael. And, that, and that's why I've been saying that for 20 years. <laughs> now, number one is really going to surprise you. Thinking about death makes you happy. You know, that's such a crock of shit. I hate thinking about death. So death is a really? difficult thing to wrap your mind around. Yes, I, I, it certainly doesn't make me happy, and I don't constantly <laughs> think about it. Oh, I, I do. Oh, does it make you happy? Yeah, well, yeah because then I can get some rest finally. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it says you're dead much longer than you are alive. <laughs> your existence is temporary, and you're non-existent permanent. It's a tough concept to reconcile. And there's no possible way it can be anything but depressing, except when you're looking at it as the glass is half full, you know? As you are saying, it's permanent. You're, you're dead longer than you are alive. That's awesome. I love death. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's like, see, my, my, all my family dies young compared to, compared to most people's families. You know, none of my family live past mid-60s, so... So, you know, I'm only in my mid-50s, so I'm thinking, well, I've got 10 to 15 years left, okay? So so, so I, I already know I, I don't have that much time left, and, and so I'm going to make the most of it while, I, while I've got it left, you know? 
but you know, it, the, the the fact of dying really does. I'm not I'm not afraid of death. I'm not gonna like go out and stop. You know, run out in front of a train or something like that and get myself killed. But but you know, I'm not afraid of death either. And and, and part of that I think falls back to when I was touring in Mexico. I got very very ill, and I actually believe that I died because uh, I was in a whole different place. You know, and I, I saw relatives of mine that I knew were dead. And, and they kept asking me why I was there. <laughs> wow. You know, and, and I was saying, well, I don't know, I'm just here, you know. And, and then they told me I couldn't stay, that I had to come back. Because at that time, my my two oldest children, their mother died in an accident. And uh, and so I was having to raise them on my own. And, and uh, they said, well, you, you have to go back. You have to take care of the kids, you know. You can't you yeah. can't stay here. Go back. So uh, when, when I did wake up from this, whether it be a hallucinating dream or whatever, when I did wake up from all of this, uh, I was completely healed of the illness that I had. I mean, I, I no longer was ill. And wow. and so, you know, I, I really believe that, you know, that I did die and and that, uh, you know, I ended up, you know, in heaven or, or whatever this place was. And... Uh, and that uh, you know, I was sent back, and I was healed in the process. So, so that, that's why I've I've heard a lot of stories that are similar to that, Michael. And you know, and so I don't fear death at all because I already know what it's going to be like. Well, I think that makes you know? a I think that makes a big difference. You know, when you've had a near death experience and, and you recall it. I, I think that makes a, a big difference. And really the only solace I get in death is knowing that my dad's there. So in that way, I'm not really – I'm less scared. I don't want to say I'm not scared. I'm less scared, you know? Right. But there, then there's all these – you know, then I start thinking, and I'm like, what if, what if, what if it's nothing that I've been taught or like I think it's going to be and we just die and we're dead? <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, but you know, I I don't believe that. I believe that we do go to someplace else. But you know, it also it also made me a disbeliever in hell. I don't believe in hell. I don't believe in a fire and brimstone hell. No, I don't. And, and the reason and the reason why I say that is is because when I did what I think died, and and was there, and some of the people I saw, I know some of those people sure in hell shouldn't have been in heaven. <laughs> right. You know. If it was a fire and brimstone hell, that's where they should have been. Right. And uh, I'm not because, you know, they were super bad people, but because, you know, our religion tries to scare the shit out of you and say, well, if you don't do this, you're going to go to hell. And if you right. don't do that, you're going to go to hell. And and I just really, you know, I just don't believe in that concept of, of, of a fire and brimstone hell. So according you know, to what I, you have been doctrinated with, you had seen these people engaging in things that should have made them go to hell. Not necessarily that they were exactly. murderers or rapists, but, I mean, really, our religions don't give us a whole lot of leeway as far as, you know, what we have yeah. to do in order to send us straight to hell. I have well, a pimped out handbasket waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't have that fear of death. You know, like I said, I'm not going to go out and step in front of a train and kill, get killed or something on purpose. But I don't have that fear of death either, you know. And, and you know, I guess it, it, this sounds kind of weird, and people always look at me and think I'm freaking nuts when I say this shit. But it's like, you know, I've pretty much done everything I've wanted to do in life. You know, I, I'm one of those people that have been very, very fortunate to be able to get to do a lot of my dreams. 
know, and not, not everybody is that fortunate, you know, and I know that, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, they, I mean, touch, scratch the surface of their dreams and they're, they're my age, they're older, you know, and, and, uh, and, you know, I've been really fortunate because everything I've ever wanted to do with the exception of one thing, there's only one thing left that I want to do. What's that? You know, if they tell me to make a bucket list, they only have one item in it because I've done everything else I want to do. What, to buy a I bucket? Want... <laughs> 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 I want to buy a bucket. <laughs> no, I, you know, I want to, I want to play in the, the uh, World Series of Poker main event. That's the, the poker? Only, that's the last thing. Yep. Oh, I forgot you played poker for money. Yeah. And you're good. I, play, I forgot the yeah. times you won. Yeah, I won several times, you know. Wow. I, actually, I was actually in a tournament one time with, with Jerry Yang, who is about maybe three, four years ago, I think it was, he won he won the World Series of Poker main event, you know. And uh, I was in a tournament with him, and, and he knocked me out. And uh, when I got up to leave the table, he got up, he came over, and he shook my hand. And one of the things he said to me, and it really it, it shocked me, he, he said, you know, he says, I'm really surprised I don't see you on the pro circuit. He says, you're really good. You know, and uh, I would I would love I would love to play poker professionally and not not have to do nothing else. That was, yeah, that would don't be you make like hundreds of grand winning those things, millions? millions a year. Oh my yeah, God! You know, and and you know I think I think that I would be able to do that. You know, uh, and you know that's the main thing. I I just want to get a chance to play in that main event, but the main event costs you ten thousand dollars to get I was going to say, don't you have to buy in? Not. Wow, that's yeah, yeah that's yeah, a lot $10, of money. You have to be yeah, able you know, to lose ten grand. <laughs> yeah, and not be nervous about losing it too. Exactly. You know, you, cause if you get the nerves, if the nerves get at you, then then you're done for. You know, you gotta you gotta you know be relaxed. And and I found too, you know, in the past when I play tournaments, when I win, it's on those days where I'm extremely patient, which is far and few between. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, you know, and I'm relaxed. You know, then then I you know I I I, I would say ninety percent of the terms I've entered, I've always at least made it to the money payout. Wow. You know, and so so the World Series of Poker, it's actually an easier tournament than than the tournaments I've been in because the tournaments that I've been playing in at, at like local casinos like the Bicycle Club in L.A. and 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 the Commoners Casino in L.A. All, and all these other different ones, the, the blind levels change every 20 minutes. With the World Series of the Poker, the blind changes occur, if I remember correctly, it's every hour. So you have a longer amount of time before, you know, it costs you more to get into a hand right. to make sure that you can choose good hands to get into to play. Right. And, uh, and, you know, and if you make it to the money, even if you just make it only just to the money, you double your money. So your ten thousand becomes twenty thousand, right? Yeah, you know, and, and I'm I'm almost certain that I would make it to that point no matter what. Yeah, I'm sure too. And if you make it, and if you make it to the final table, and not even one yet, you're just the the last nine standing. You're guaranteed a million dollars. You know, that's a lot of money, you know, and still not a one. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I, I I think if I ever got the opportunity to play in the World Series main event, that I, that I would at least make the money. So I'd double up my money. And then with that, then I could start entering some of these other tournaments, you know, and, and, and be a little bit more 
kind of provoked because I didn't have a $20,000 bankroll, $30,000 bankroll to go by, you know, to get started to, to play these. Because a lot of these tournaments, you know, they, they run you, you know, between two dollars and $5,000, the ones the pros play in. And, uh, you know, and, and the payouts, you know, the winnings on those are usually, you know, they were from 250000 to a half a million. Wow. You know, and, and you don't have that many people in those summers. There's not that many people have that kind of money to, to throw away. Now, you do have a lot of people that enter the, the, the main event, and it's because I think of the rivalry of the main event. You know, it's such a, it's such a big deal, you know. That that everybody you know everybody wants to be in on that, and they have thousands and thousands of people who enter, you know that that main event. You know, one year I think they had over eight thousand people. Oh wow, that many! And how many get knocked out pretty quick? Yeah, a lot do. You know, because and, and it's because they don't they don't play smart. That, that's the whole idea. But the thing about poker, you know, you got to play smart. If you don't play smart. You're gonna be screwed. You know, you're not. You're not gonna. Eight thousand people, and they each pay ten grand to buy in. That's like what? Eight yeah. million bucks. That's like that's How like eighty million dollars. Oh my god. Like, yeah, eighty million bucks. And they can so afford to pay somebody a half a million bucks to win and still walk away half campers. That year, yeah, that year the winner took home twelve and a half million dollars. Wow. Well, we're going to have to add that to our list of things that make certain people happy and increase their dopamine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. So, you know, so anybody out there that would like to front me $10,000 for next year's World Series main event, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, split, I'll split whatever I win in half. Matter of fact, the guy who won the $12.5 million, his name is Jamie Gold. He's actually a, a producer out in Hollywood. And and he uh, he's actually in the, the TV series Hell on Wheels. Yeah. He's one of the executive he's one of the executive producers of that TV show. Well, anyway, he won he he was the one that won when it was like almost nine thousand people in this thing, and he won twelve and a half million dollars. And he had had I guess somebody else pay half half the, you know, and then he paid the other half. So some other guy paid five thousand, and he paid five thousand, and he was going to split his winnings in the half. Right. Well. I, I, you know, there was a lot of stuff in the media right after that that he was refusing to pay his, his friend half of the trouble that million. He just wanted to give him his 5000 back. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, uh, that's wow. not cool. That's not cool but, at all. But, you know, as it went on, I think, I think, you know, I think it was a lot of misinterpretation. And a lot of people were really upset that he even won the tournament because, because he played so poorly. Right. You know, he just, I mean, he won it off of pure dumb luck. He didn't win that tournament off of any skill whatsoever. He he won that tournament off of pure dumb luck, and a lot of people were upset about it. And and so I think there was a lot of nasty rumors started about him and that and that money and stuff right. too that weren't true. Right. Exactly. Of course. Of course. But that's going to happen, you know. <laughs> the yeah. odds of that happening, it's going to happen at some point. That's Maybe. right. Probably less often than more, but you know, come on. Uh, There's a, a certain amount of luck involved. Period. You know, I know you have yeah, to be really. a skilled player, but there's still luck involved. Right, right, and, and a lucky person can win. You know, but but that doesn't make them a good poker player. It just oh, means exactly. they got lucky. You know. Exactly. Let's take a brief uh, intermission here, Michael, and I'm going to play Hugs and Kisses to My Baby from the Rupert Duncan Band, and then we'll come back and close out the show. 
That sounds like a good idea because my mouth is getting dry. <laughs> Get some water. Three minutes, 48 seconds. <laughs> All Michael and Carrie. 
<laughs> so how much, how much time do we have left, anyway? We have eight minutes left, Michael. Oh, very, very short. So uh, a couple things I want to I wanna do is never know that on the road, the videos are coming. Believe me, they are coming. Uh, <laughs> you never, keep saying that. Yeah, well, if I, can ever, if I can ever get into a damn uh, truck stop that has decent Wi-Fi so I can upload them, they'll be there. <laughs> and, you'll, and you'll update our website, too. Yay. <laughs> yeah, one of these years. And, uh, but I do want, I want to thank all the people that have been listening, because, I mean, our, our listening audience, I don't know what happened. Either they really missed us a lot. Or, or because of the name change of the show, or so, I don't know what it is, but we're averaging over 10,000 streamed listens per show. I know. That's amazing. And, you know, that's 10 times what we were getting before. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that was combined. And, so, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, I want to I really uh, thank everybody who's listening to the shows. You know, at least it makes me feel like at least we're, we're entertaining, you know, entertaining people well for that many people to, to keep coming back each week to listen. And, and, uh, and you know, it, it just is really nice to, to, to see that jump in listenership. And, and I, I just want to let everybody know I really appreciate them all, uh, you know, stopping in and listening to the shows. And one of my friends from Facebook is in the chat room, Hap. Shout out to Hap. <laughs> cool. <laughs> And you know we just we just want to keep having them keep coming back because you know we're gonna have a lot of a lot of good stuff. You know Mauricio, of course, he couldn't make it today, but he will be joining us later on this year. Uh, we also got Frank Nicotero. A lot of you people, you know, especially people you know our age that, that remember the TV show Street Smarts. Uh, he was the host of that TV show. He was also uh, hosting on on one of the Family Networks, uh, The Game of Life. You know, so he, he does he does a lot of different hosting of different game shows as well as he's a stand-up comedian, funny guy, and a great guy, and a good friend of mine. And uh, he's going to be joining us here real soon. He said he may have some new new and exciting news when when he joins us in in November as well. Awesome, we'll look and, forward uh, to that. You know, and we've got we've got a lot of other things that we're we're working on and trying to trying to get people in. And we've got and, our uh, sex know. operator coming next week. Um, the week after that, we have Josh Guild, one of the duos that wrote our intro and outro music. The week after that, we have CJ, I believe, coming on, who is an author, um, an erotic author. And Halloween, we have uh, Warren Bubb, who is an actor who's played a lot of roles. Of um, You would know him if you saw his picture. I saw him, and I went, oh, he's been a cop in so many things, but very entertaining young man. So, yeah, we've got a lot of great books, our uh, show's books, um, almost to the end of the year, actually, Michael. That's really great, and I want to thank you, Terry, for taking over the reins of being the producer of these shows and, and doing all that hard work because, you know, I, I've been doing it, I was doing it for the last three years. I know how much work is involved, and I really appreciate it. You know, with me being out on the road, it's, it's made it re- really difficult. You know, not only are you having to produce the shows, but you're having to operate the, the studio. You're having, you know, you're having to do everything, basically. I, I'm, I'm getting the easy job. You know, maybe you should be the host, and I should be the co-host. You know? oh, I, I like being in control. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I know that. <laughs> uh, 
Well, you know, I do want to thank you for all, all your hard work on this because it, I, I do know how much work is involved, and it's greatly appreciated on my end. Oh, you're very welcome, and I'm just uh, grateful that we're back together doing the shows and having as much fun as and as big of a listenership as we do. So with that, we're going to take you out with our Not Late Night outro, and we will see you next Wednesday, same bat time, same bat channel. Bye-bye. Tune in next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Not Late Night with your hosts, Michael Knight and Carrie Francis. This has been a Michael Knight Entertainment Media Production. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.